Welcome to Bible Education Institute. My name is Reverend Henry Kelly. Today, we're going to be reading in uh, the New Testament book of 1 Corinthians, and we'll be reading in chapter 7. And the title on this is Married Life. And we'll be reading from the NIV, the New International Version, just to make it easy. As I always say, I prefer King James Version, but the, there are some good new versions like the NIV of the ESV, English Standard Version, and Living Bible. But for now, we're going to be reading the NIV, the New International Version. Before I get started, I every now and again, I like to, to give you a layout of uh, what the Bible is. Okay, the Bible, a reliable collection of historical documents written by eyewitnesses during the lifetime of other eyewitnesses. Forty authors, 66 volumes or books, span of 1,500 years in three continents, Asia, Africa, and Europe. Written in three languages, mainly Hebrew and Greek, a little in Aramaic. Hundreds of subjects and topics. And that's what the Bible is and. You know, you can uh, just rewind it and um, just get it, write it down, and then that way when somebody asks you, you give them a solid, a solid answer that's hard to debate. In fact, if you're in college and uh, a lot of the professors now are pretty much atheists and they'll, you know, challenge you on that, at least you have something to give them that's solid. Alrighty, so again, we're going to be in... The New Testament book of 1 Corinthians in chapter 7, and the topic is married life. Let's begin. Now for the matters you wrote about, it is good for a man not to have sexual relations with a woman. Now this is, uh, this is the Apostle Paul talking. Uh, verse 2, but since sexual immorality is occurring... Each man should have sexual relations with his own wife, and each woman with her own husband. Verse 3, the husband should fulfill his marital duties, duty due to his wife, duty to his wife, and likewise the wife to her husband. Verse 4, the wife does not have authority over her own body, but yields it to her husband. In the same way, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but yields it to his wife. Okay, so the Bible is very clear. A marriage is between a man and a woman, not a man and man and woman and woman, and not uh, now it's got even more confused due to sin because people have just given themselves over to immorality. And when you do that, it also makes you insane and crazy and stuff. That's why God says he gives you, if you go to uh, Romans chapter 1, uh, it speaks clearly on that, where God gives you up to a reprobate mind or a mind that's um, just totally depraved, you know, a mind that's just so confused in their sin that they they can't they can't hear anything that's that's moral or correct or right. They want to believe their own lies and, you know, that they've created in their own minds to be okay. So that's why now you have, you know, this thing called transgender, where you have a woman trying to be a man, a man trying to be a woman, and another trying to marry and have children, all this crazy stuff. The funny part is, though, that only, even if you pretend to be a man or whatever and even get hormones and like that, 
your genetic makeup is still either a woman or a man. There's only two sexes, not 30, 40, 100, not just only two sexes. You can try to get away from God all you want to, but it's impossible. You can try to change your body, cut things off, add things on, whatever, but you're still going to be exactly what you were born as, either a male or a female, and you can't get away from God, you know? And in fact, um, there's no, never has been, never will be, there is no proof of anything where uh, there's a gene of homosexuality or anything like that. That's something you choose. You want to choose to go that, that direction. You can choose that, but it's going to destroy you and everybody around you. But there is no proof of any kind where you, somebody dies, you go into their tissues or brain cells or whatever. No, you've got to either be a male or female. And there's nothing there that says you were you know, compelled to do that. No, it's a choice. Okay? It may upset people, whatever, but I'm giving you truth from the Bible. If you want to get mad, get mad at God. You know? Because God's the, God is the ultimate source. You know, we get our a right and wrong and we get our standards from the bible that's where our laws come from that's where everything's set up you know and that's just how it is let's continue um starting at verse five do not deprive each other except perhaps by mutual consent and for a time so that you may devote yourselves to prayer then come together again so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Verse 6. I say this as a concession, not as a command. Verse 7. I wish that all of you were as I am, but each of you has your own gift from God. One has this gift, another has that. And from what I've read is that Paul, you know, just stayed to himself and didn't really, you know, get into the the whole wife thing or whatever. Um, and he stayed pretty much celibate. You no, know, he just stayed celibate, period. Now, let's see. We're starting at verse 8. Now to the unmarried and the widows, I say, it is good for them to stay unmarried, as I do. Verse 9, but if they cannot control themselves, they should marry, for it is better to marry than to burn with passion or with lust, whatever. You know, verse 10, to the married I give this command, not I but the Lord. A wife must not separate from a husband, verse 11, but if she does, she must remain unmarried or else be recounseled to her husband. And a husband must not divorce his wife. Verse 12, to the rest I say this. I, not the Lord, if any brother has a wife who is not a believer and she is willing to live with him, he must not divorce her. Verse 13, and if a woman has a husband who is not a believer and he is willing to live with her, she must not divorce him. Verse 14, for the unbelieving husband has been sanctified through his wife and the unbelieving wife has been sanctified through her believing husband Otherwise, your children would be unclean, but as it is, they are holy. Verse 15, but if the unbeliever leaves, let it be so. The brother or sister is not bound in such circumstances. 
God has called us to live in peace. Verse 16, how do you know, wife, whether you will save her husband, or how do you know, husband, whether you will save your wife? You know, um, so and it's not saying, like, stay with an unbeliever if they're beating on you or trying to kill you and all this other stuff. No, that's a whole different ballgame. That's because that means they're breaking covenant. You know, they broke the covenant, the marriage covenant. You know, and it's the same when it goes down to First Corinthians chapter seven fifteen, where it says, "But if the unbeliever leaves, let it be so. The brother or sister is not bound in such circumstances. God has called us to live in peace. So if if you're married to an unbeliever, that means one that don't believe in God or whatever, and they decide and they just split, leave whatever, have everybody look at it. Then you're not bound. You know, if you're a Christian, so if you're not bound, you know, because they broke covenant and they left. You know, and and believing in the Old Testament, you know, the state where God hates divorce because it it causes a lot of problems and destroys families and children and all. But you know, we live in a sinful world with with sinful people, and that's you know sometimes how it ends. Unfortunately, let's continue. Verse 17 in the topic there is concerning change of status. Nevertheless, each person should live as a believer in whatever situation the Lord has assigned to them, just as God has called them. This is the rule I lay down in all the churches. Verse 18, was a man already circumcised when he was called? He should not become uncircumcised. Was a man uncircumcised when he was called? He should not be circumcised. Circumcision is nothing, and uncircumcision is nothing. Keeping God's... Commands is what counts. Verse 20. Uh, each person should remain in the situation they were in when God called them. Verse 21. Were you a slave when you were called? Don't let it trouble you. Although if you can gain your freedom, do so. Verse 22. For the one who is who was a slave when called to faith in the Lord is the Lord's free person. Sim similarly, the one who was free... When called in Christ's slave. Verse 23, you were bought with a price. Do not become slaves of human beings. Verse 24, brothers and sisters, each person as responsible to God should remain in the situation they were in when God called them. All right. Next, in verse 25, Next topic here is concerning the unmarried. Starting in verse 25, now about virgins, I have no command from the Lord, but I give a judgment as one who by the Lord's mercy is trustworthy. Verse 26, because of the present crisis, I think that it is good for a man to remain as he is. Verse 27, are you pledged to a woman? Do not seek to be released. Are you free from such a commitment? Do not Look for a wife, verse 28. But if you do marry, you have not sinned. And if a virgin marries, she has not sinned. But those who marry will face many troubles in this life. And I want to spare you of this. So basically what it's saying, if you're not married and you don't see the need to get married, like it doesn't bother you and stuff, then you have less, you know, you won't have the problems of trying to, you know, um, keep the husband or wife happy. And all the situation that goes with that and children and everything like that, which is a blessing, don't get me wrong. It's a blessing according to the word of God. But he's just saying, you know, it, 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 if that's something you don't have to do, then don't, then don't do it if you don't have to, you know.
Okay, going to verse 29. But I mean, brothers and sisters, is that the time is short. From now on, those who have wives should live as if they do not. Verse 30. Those who mourn as if they did not, who are happy as they were not. Those who buy something as if it were not theirs to keep. Verse 31. Those who use the things of the world as if not engrossed in them. For this world, in its present form, is passing away. Verse 32, I would like you to be free from concern. An unmarried man is concerned about the Lord's affairs, how he can please the Lord. Verse 33, but a married man is concerned about the affairs of this world, how he can please his wife. Verse 34, and his interests are divided. An unmarried woman or virgin is concerned about the Lord's affairs. Her aim is to be devoted to the Lord in both body and spirit, but a married woman is concerned about the affairs of this world, how she can please her husband. Verse 35, I am saying this for your own good, not to restrict you, but that you may live in a right way in undivided devotion to the Lord. Verse 36, if anyone is worried that he might not be acting honorably toward the virgin he is engaged to, and if his passions are too strong, and he feels he ought to marry, he should do as he wants. If he is not sinning, they should get married. Verse 37, but the man who has settled the matter in his own mind, who is under no compulsion, but has control over his own will, and who has made up his mind not to marry the virgin, this man also does the right thing. Verse 38, so then he who marries the virgin does right. But he who does not marry her does better. Verse 39, a woman is bound to her husband as long as he lives. But if her husband dies, she is free to marry anyone she wishes. But he must belong to the Lord. Verse 40, in my judgment, she is happier if she stays as she is. And I think that I too have the Spirit of God. And that concludes that particular chapter. Now... Let me give you some salvation scripture. Romans chapter 3 verse 19, the NIV. Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world held accountable to God. First uh, John chapter 1 verse 9 in the New Testament. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Acts chapter 3, verse 19. Repent ye therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. In Proverbs chapter 28, verse 13, the Old Testament. He that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesses and forsakes them shall have mercy. So he's saying, confession, come to God, realizing that we've broken God's moral law. Have you ever lied? Everybody's lied. Um, have you ever looked at another person with lust according to Jesus then you've committed adultery in your heart already have you, have you ever hated anyone uh, according to the Lord if you've hated anyone you've, you've committed murder in your heart already you see how it is and you only have to break one of the ten commandments and that's it so we're all, we're all sunk we're all doomed you know but we can come to God because Jesus Came to earth over 2,000 years ago. 
And he walked around for three and a half years. He gave the gospel the good news of how to get to heaven through him, through repentance. And then he bore the penalty of our sins. He took upon himself. It's like if you go before a judge because you got speeding tickets, whatever, somebody can pay those speeding tickets off and he can legally let you go free, you know? And but because you know, or if you have a murderer that comes and they've murdered three people and whatever, and they stand before the judge, the judge is going to give him what the law says because he's guilty, you know. But but we can we can bypass the judgment of God on us by understanding we've broken God's moral law, the Ten Commandments. Therefore, we're guilty on our way to hell. Therefore, needing a savior, so we come. With a sorrowful, contrite heart, realizing we're guilty and we have no hope unless God does something. And he did through Jesus Christ, the Son of God, when he went to the cross and bore our sins. And he said, it is finished. That means the payment's been done. But now we have to come by humbling ourselves to God, realizing we are guilty. And ask for, for mercy, the mercy of God, and, for, and ask for forgiveness. Then transfer the trust from yourself to Christ. To Christ alone. It's like if you're in a plane that's about to crash and someone gives you a parachute, you go to hang on to that and hold it tight because that's going to save you from the jump to come. Jesus saves you from the judgment to come. And therefore, we need to uh, ask, you know, realize we're guilty with no hope, come to God with a sorrowful, contrite heart, repent, repent of our sins, and put our Ask for forgiveness and mercy, and then transfer the trust from ourselves to Christ alone. And that's how you bypass that. And then when you die, you'll be able to go to heaven. But from this day forward, it's not just a one, one-time little, one-time prayer. It's daily. Got to daily live it, man. You know the Bible says to work out your own salvation. So that means it's daily walk. Got to get into the the Bible and read and study and read, find a good Bible, believe in church, take courses and stuff. There's all kind of stuff here, especially in America. But you can go online, there's all kind of good stuff, you know, but you need to get in a good Bible-believing church and pre preferably a re Reformed church that has the truth, not with all the, you know, because there's so much crazy stuff out here, you know, but ask God to guide you and he will and he put the right people around you to help you. <laughs> So let me give you some resources now. Okay, this you can find on YouTube and our websites. Now, now only YouTube will be Dr. Vody Bacham. He's really good, and R.C. Sproul. He does have a website, and then you can go and, and they can teach you some good, some good biblical truth. You can also go to Living Waters with Ray Comfort on YouTube and livingwaters.com, Answers in Genesis with Ken Ham, AnswersInGenesis.org, and he covers, you know, the uh, creation and all that. But you'll learn a lot. And you go to Wall Builders with David Barton, wallbuilders.com, his YouTube and has, and his radio show and has a website. And he teaches American Christian history. And he does do like around the world too. And Dr. Walter Martin, waltermartin.org. And please watch on YouTube, 23 Minutes in Hell with Bill Wise. It'll, it'll really wake you up to a lot of things. And one of my favorites is uh, 
Apologia Studios with Pastor Jeff Durbin. Fantastic. You'll learn a lot. Um, he's on YouTube, and you can go to his website, and you can put in the search engine there. Uh, uh, seminary classes, uh, they had a professor there that, um, that he died, but the family donated all the audio and everything to there where you can literally get seminary classes that may really learn the whole Bible and it's all free. You know, it's called uh, Bonson New, uh, Dr. Greg Bonson, really good. You'll enjoy it too. And you got videos, YouTube, and you can listen on Apple Podcasts to their stuff. It's really, really good. And you can find us, Bible Education Institute, Um, you can find us on YouTube and um, Rumble and then uh, the audio platforms for podcasting, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Audible, and Google. And you can also go to our website, which is all lowercase, bible-education-institute.webnode.com. And web known as W-E-B-N-O-D-E.com. And if you'd like to correspond, and the Bible will send you one free. Uh, we do have uh, like a biblical studies course you can take for free on there. You know, you just follow the instructions or email me and stuff, and I can you know, help you with that. But our email is all lowercase Bible Education Institute at gmail.com. And then also... You can go to t put in your search engine TCC TCT Network, and they have you can go to the on-demand programs and you can watch the videos on which is really good. Faith and History with William Federer, and he does American and World Christian History, and you'll learn a lot. And also, if you want to learn more about the Old Testament, you can put in their ancient Jewish wisdom with Rabbi Daniel Lapin. Really good. You'll learn a lot. It's very interesting, fascinating stuff. So, till the next time, remember. Read the Bible daily without fail and do what it says.